0: Welcome to The Power of Synergy. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. I've been a relationship coach for the last five years, and I've been a life coach for 16 years. I've always told people, if you wanna have a successful life, you have to appreciate the relationships of the many different natures, the different kinds of people in your life, and truly appreciate the power that people have in your life. That means you have power in their lives, too. So when I decided synergy was going to be the theme of what I teach people, I thought, you know what? That's not a very common word. Most people don't know what that is. So let's just start off with that. If you were to Google synergy on the Internet, you would see a definition of the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effort greater than the sum of their separate effects. Yeah okay <clears throat> so that's very academic. Let's just make it plain conversational vocabulary. The sum is worth more than the total of its parts. okay so let's say with people in the context of people and relationships on a scale of one to ten, if one person is an eight and another person is a four, they can do things individually separately from each other. when they come together, they're not. 12, they're 32. Wow, that's that's more than what they could be if they were doing the exact same activities just apart from each other. <clears throat> that alone would be a reason for them to come together, to work together. But the most important thing I've always told my clients, my friends, my listeners, there is no neutral energy. When you have an amazing ability to do great things, the most important element is your attitude. Your energy is going to be displayed as you're performing whatever task you are doing with that other person. And they're going to be very affected by your energy. So, when you have that knowledge, when you have that understanding, do you have the sense of responsibility and accountability that comes with that power? Well, today we're going to talk about a lot of different things, kind of all with the theme of. The power of nature. We have a lot of forces, a lot of energy forces going on around us, even separate from the people. That's what keeps the world running. If you have a question that you want to ask me while I'm I'm going over this information today, go ahead and feel free to give me a call. If you're looking at the bbsradio.com website, slash the power of synergy, then you'll see that the call-in number is 888-627-6008. But if you're listening on one of the 175 affiliate stations around the 36 countries that BBS Radio is currently um, sharing this wonderful information with, I'll go ahead and repeat that number several times because as we go through the different themes, the different topics about the power of your true nature, you might just have a little question you want to ask me and that's absolutely fine. Again, the number is 888-627-6008. Okay, now I really do like telling people this information for free. The first part of what we're going to be discussing today, that's your personality, your true nature. There are a lot of different theories and uh, different philosophies and different kinds of personality profile systems, but it's pretty, pretty universally accepted and understood that we are born with a disposition. The great thing about that is when we are all working together our talents and strengths and abilities that we have naturally are what we can offer each other in the different situations to make sure things get successfully done. But what I want you to think about as I'm going through the different elements of your personality is don't think about it in the the terms of what you currently do in your daily lifestyle. Think of it more as What would you do if you were allowed to be the real you? Because most people, by the time they hit a certain age, they understand that they're not going to get anywhere in life if they do what they want all the time. So they have to have a certain self-discipline. Unfortunately, as good a principle as that is, they then kind of repress. Okay, certain things that are going on inside of them. And that's not always a bad thing if you're understanding it as a discipline, but it is a bad thing if you end up canceling out who you truly are, repressing to the point where you completely get rid of it. We don't want that. So think about these things that I'm going to be talking about for the next few minutes about your true nature. There are four parts to your personality. The first one is your social energy, the second one is how you make decisions. No, actually, that's the third one. Sorry, the second one is how you focus, what you focus on. The third one is how you make decisions. And then the fourth one is how you carry those decisions out. Okay, so now, again, when we're talking about a personality profile system, there are going to be terms that are used strictly in this context. Don't think of the words that I'm going to be using as daily conversation, this is vocabulary specific to the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Personality Profile System. Okay, so the first one, again, we're talking about your social energy. You're either an introvert or an extrovert. I think this is the one that most people resist, committing to one or the other, <clears throat> excuse me, simply because they don't want to commit. They want to say, well, you know what, I do both. Yes, I'll, I'll give you that right here, right now. Everybody does both, but you are only truly by nature, one or the other more. Okay. Now, when you think about different things, some people say, well, extroverts are annoying. Well, that's not true. Not if they're (laughs) well-behaved and introverts are socially retarded. That's not true. Not if they've learned how to be socially confident and yeah, really fun to be around. The questions that I ask people, well, starting off with the, the actual definition, an introvert is someone who gets their energy when they're alone and they spend it on the people around them when they interact. An extrovert is someone who gets their energy from interacting with other people, and they spend it when they're alone. Okay, so some of the questions that I ask people, just to be sure, the first one is, who do you consider your friend? You know what, an extrovert would say, anybody, anybody that I like, and anybody that likes me, you know what, we got it going on, we're friends. An introvert would say, no, you know what, if there's someone special in my life, because friendship is intimacy, you are clearly more naturally one or the other. Okay, keep that in mind. The second one I say is, when you're having a conversation with someone, how much do you like being interrupted? You know what, an extrovert would say, I don't even know when I'm being interrupted because I'll just keep on talking. <laughs> I really love that about my husband because I say, honey, um. I need to say something now. You've been talking stream of consciousness for five minutes. Okay, that that's an introvert would say, I'm not going to interrupt. I'm going to wait until someone is done. The third one is, how much does noise bother you when you are talking, when you're having some kind of attention directed towards you? If there is background noise and you have to raise your voice in order to be heard, you know what? An extrovert would be fine because you know what? They got a great volume knob. <laughs> An introvert would say, you know what? That's okay. I can go ahead and either leave this situation or ask someone, please turn down that noise in order for me to talk. And then the next one, the last one is when you have a special occasion, how important is it for you to only have special people there? An extrovert would say, the more the merrier. I don't even have to know the people. As long as we're having a good time, it's a good occasion. And an introvert would say, no, you know what? I really want the special people in my life to be with me at the special events. And again, since an introvert would only use the friend word on a handful of people literally in their entire life, it would be a very intimate group. Okay, and then the second um, letter Again, let's summarize that. Sorry, I forgot to. E is extrovert, I is introvert. So I'm going to be using the letters for the rest of the show. Okay, and then the second one is um, your focus. You're either sensory or intuitive. Now, since intuitive starts with an I, but it was assigned to the introvert, we're going to use the second letter of that. Is the N? You're either S or N as your second letter. Well, what are some different things that you could explain the your general focus, either being sensory or intuitive, as well? One of the first ones is, tangible is better, even if it's bad. That would be a sensory statement. They would they would eat food that they know probably isn't going to taste good because they love the stimulation of the experience. An intuitive would say, you know what, getting that bad vibrations from it, let's go ahead and say thank you, but uh, I'll try something that I know I'm going to like instead. Okay, a sensor would also say, literal is better when you're speaking you need to say what you're you're thinking in the specific terms of what it is. Well, an, an intuitive would say but you can use metaphors and you can use expressions and things always have two different meanings. No, when you're talking to a sensor, here means in this physical space. An intuitive could say, well, yeah, no, I'm here. They could mean mentally or emotionally. And then... I love this one. This is the best one because it's true with my husband. For a sensor, directions are not confusing and they do not get lost. They are amazing with their awareness of where they are in their physical space. Yeah, no an intuitive could get lost walking around the block. (laughs) And it really makes my husband crazy that I do, but I love the fact that my husband doesn't even need a map and he can do better than Google maps. He's smarter than the machine. Okay. And then the last part of the sensory or intuitive is hypothesizing. Yeah. An intuitive would think about the future and what could potentially happen and planning and A sensor would say, no, that's not real life. Right here, right now is what matters. Because no matter how much you can imagine what's going to happen, it's not real until it happens. And they love to say, just do it. Now, the the third letter of your personality is how do you make decisions? Well, you can either be a thinker or a feeler. So the third letter of your personality is going to be either a T or an F. Okay, okay. Thinker says, logical, rational, and intelligent is the best way to make a decision. A feeler would say, no, you need to take people's feelings into consideration and make choices based on what would be good for their heart and their happiness. Okay, well, some people say, I do both. I make smart decisions that make people happy. No. Let me ask you some questions you know what, if you knew that what you were going to say or what you were going to do would hurt someone by being completely honest, would it hurt you to be honest? That's the key. Well, you know what? That also means that feelers have more of a tendency to neglect themselves in order to be giving to other people. A thinker would say, no, I, I need to take care of myself. I'll get back to you when I'm done. <laughs> Another thing I like to ask people is, you know what? If it doesn't make sense, if it's not logical, is it stupid for you to do it? Well, a feeler would say no, because you know what? A lot of life isn't going to make sense. Yeah, a thinker would disagree with that. Okay, so you can pretty much tell what you are by those descriptions. And then the last one is, how do you carry out your decisions? You're either a perceiver or a judger, a P or a J. Okay, well, Judgers aren't always judgmental, and so don't think that by this term it's it's a bad thing to be a judger. What I tell people is as a general summary, perceivers are flexible and spontaneous, and they're not real organized. Judgers like to plan and they like to know the rules and they stick to the rules and they are knowing pretty much how organized their life is going to be. So some questions I ask people. When, when you know the rules, how important is it for you personally to follow them, even if they're not being enforced? Well, that would be a judger. A perceiver would say, well, hey, if, you know, they're not being enforced and they're not really hard, fast rules, I can, I can go with the flow. Another question, are you more excited at the beginning of the project or at the end? If you like the beginning more, you're a perceiver. If you're going to keep going until you get it finished, you're probably a judger. And my favorite question to ask is when you have lists of things to do, do you make sure you do those things? And when you finish the things, do you cross them off the list? And if you've done something that wasn't even on the list, you write it down so you could cross it off. Yeah, you're a judger. Okay, a a perceiver would say, yeah, I make lists all the time. I find them around my house (laughs) two or three days later. Well, then you're a perceiver. Okay, so we're going to take a real quick break. Excuse me, I'm <laughs> really excited right now. I think I'm salivating too much talking about this because when we come back, we're going to be talking about your true nature of all of those letters put together. And again, if you have questions or comments, the number here to BBS Radio is 888-627-6008. I'm Gabrielle Cardona, and this is The Power of Synergy. Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. As a relationship coach, I like to teach people how to be healthy and to cooperate with nature, their true nature, because that's going to help the relationships that they have in their life. Now, the first part of our show, we were talking about the four elements of your personality based on Myers-Briggs. The first one is your social energy. The second one is your general focus. The third one is how you make decisions. Um, the fourth one is how you carry the decisions out. Now, the bottom line is we all have to do everything. Functionality is not a problem. You are going to have to do things in your life that are not your true nature. Okay, well, that's good. What we need to keep in mind is you should only do things that aren't your nature for a certain amount of time each day. Now, I'm not going to go into all of the details because I have other shows that you can go ahead and listen to the archives at bbsradio.com slash the power of synergy. For now, what I'm going to talk about really important when you think about yourself is how many levels of activity there are for you to potentially perform all of those different activities. The first one we call the dominant function. That's like breathing for you. You have to do your dominant function for eight hours a day, minimum. That's 50% of your waking time. Your dominant function is like breathing. If you stop, literally, if you were to stop doing your dominant function, you would asphyxiate. You, You would suffocate mentally and emotionally. So... If you're awake for 16 hours, that means you're getting eight hours of quality sleep. Good for you. Okay, That means you need to spend eight hours a day doing your dominant function. You need to know what that function is. If you want a a profile test, then I can go ahead and give you not only the results of your four letters, but a description of your function. Just keep in mind that you need to spend eight hours a day letting yourself breathe. Okay. Now the second level is your auxiliary function. It's like eating. You need to do it for 25 to 30% of your day. That's three to four hours of a 16 hour day. Yeah. You have some time that you can go ahead and do other activities, but it is something that you consistently need to nurture yourself by doing. Okay. You're not going to die if you stop doing it like your dominant function, but you do need to do it consistently and repeatedly. The third level is tertiary. Now that's like walking. You only need to do that for about 15 to 20% of your day. Well, in 16 hour day, that's two to three hours. If you think about walking, a walking activity, you know, you don't have to do three, four, five miles at a time, but doing it consistently throughout the day from time to time, that will keep you healthy doing, let's see, two to three hours a day of walking, you could walk up to four, five, six miles a day. It wouldn't be bad for you to do, but that would pretty much be the limit of what you could do because after that, it would actually start to affect you in a negative way. And then the last one, the, the fourth level is inferior function that's like running. You know what? You probably shouldn't do it for more than five to 10% of your day. That's really only about one to two hours a day. Okay. Now, if we're talking about all of the different activities that, yeah, you have to do throughout the day, breathing and eating and walking and running, if you're doing them well, even the, the lower functions like walking and running, your tertiary and inferior functions, As you improve your performance, you still don't have to do large quantities of those activities because they are lower functions. And again, we know that humans are great. We're wonderful creatures. We can do anything. We can learn to do everything, but that doesn't mean we always should. Okay, now, again, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to call in. The number to the radio station is 888-627-6008. Now, before we go to the next break, I want to ask you to think about something. Your opinion, your belief. What do you think would be more harmful to you as a person? Not doing what is true to you or doing what isn't? Wow, okay. That's a a really profound question, and it's tough because a lot of times we've convinced ourselves when we have changed a behavior that, yeah, that was important for us to change that behavior for functional reasons, and we've become very, very good at doing something that wasn't really our nature. Well, it's not just one or the other. When you are doing things that are not truly who and what you are, you're harming yourself for both of those reasons. First of all, because you're doing something that is not the real you. But in order to do that, you have to stop doing what is. Getting yourself back is a slow process. Once you find out the four letters of your personality and you are ready to embrace your true nature, You have to understand that not only are you going to need to weed out the times and um, occasions that you do activities simply out of habit that are not the true you, but you're going to have to re-engage doing the ones that are you, doing them in a healthful way. Okay, so thinking about a 21-day rule of a habit, it's not going to become something automatic for you. Anything isn't going to become automatic for you until you've done it consistently for 21 days. Find out which of those activities that are your true nature you need to be doing for eight or three to four hours a day. And the other ones, go ahead and take them out about 5 to 10% at a time. That's what I tell people. So if you're doing something for four hours a day and you really should only be doing it for two to three hours a day, don't stop doing them suddenly and in large quantities. Just, you know, reduce it by maybe 15 to 20 minutes and replace it with the better activity that is more helpful for your true nature. You'll be giving people a wonderful gift when you are real, You're, you've restored yourself to the true you, because that will make your positive energy very, very synergetic with them. Okay, so we're going to take another real quick break. Again, the number to the station is eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. 627 6008 If you have any questions, feel free to, to call in. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about quality over quantity with your true nature. My name is Gabrielle Cardona. This is The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. We're opening up the lines again to the listeners who want to ask a question. We're going to be talking about a lot of information now for the next few minutes, and I'm going to be covering kind of the same topic of embracing your true nature, but it's important for you to keep in mind what I've already said about your personality, because It's going to be different for everybody and getting to know yourself is the key. So everything I say now, you need to sort of um, implement it in the context of who you truly are. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about before I get into the specific suggestions of how to be more healthy and successful is the principle of quality over quantity. Now, we've all heard the expression, put the mask on yourself first. Yeah, you do need to actually take care, good care of yourself as good as you would if you were taking care of someone else that you loved very dearly. Do you know how to take care of yourself? Do you even know what you need? Okay, that right there can be the biggest challenge for some people simply because they have not given themselves the opportunity to say, Wow what what do I actually need? And find out the answer. <laughs> Take the time. Sometimes they need to go to therapists or counselors to even know who they are and what healthy activities are, which ones would help them the most. Yeah, that that can be a tough question. But then the thing I love to tell people the most is you might be pleasantly surprised that People are very ready and willing to help support you in that. If you come to them and say, you know what? I need to take a time out. That's not just for kids. Adults can do it too. And if you say to people, this is what I need in order to take care of myself, would you be willing to help me even just by letting me do it for a few minutes? Do you know how excited people are and grateful they are that you were not only honest with them, But you extended that opportunity to them to share their love with you in that way. We have so much good energy inside of us. And there is more joy in giving than in receiving. Sometimes we forget that giving people the opportunity to give to us is a beautiful gift. Okay, so keeping that in mind, when you have the the equipment right and the tools and the resources beforehand that are accessible that are available to you then you can say to yourself this is what i'm going to do when i know that it's going to be worth it when i'm done i will feel good about stopping what i'm doing or asking for that help or support and people will see they will know and believe and appreciate that what i did separate from them was so beneficial that when I came together with them to create that synergy, I went from a three to a six. Well, there are seven. Three times seven is 21. Six times seven is 42. Yeah, it definitely was worth not just the, the few extra points, but it multiplied what we were able to do yeah, that's, that's something that they might want to try too. And that's another gift that you would be giving them by saying to them, honestly, this is what I need. But the important part is have what you need available and in stock beforehand. That way, if you need it, you won't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to figure out how to take care of yourself. You know what you need and you'll be able to give it to yourself. Now, sometimes the toughest thing to find out is, well, what is it that you really need? I tell people it's one of three different issues that you're having. The fact that you're not doing well. Is it because you are personally imbalanced in that situation? Or is it because what you're doing is just a lower function, like the tertiary or inferior function? Or do you genuinely have an issue that you need to address to get help with resolving that will help not only the situation that you're in now, But in the future. Okay, well, that can be challenging to figure out. But again, the more aware you are of your nature, the easier that question will become to answer for you. And I always tell people you know what? If you want to quantify your value, some people say it as self actualization. There are different levels of performance, but the condition of your heart and mind and body. I always say to people look, there's having, There's doing and there's being. Then there's more and then there's better. You can know pretty quickly, is your function around having more, having better, or doing more or doing better? Or is it about being more? Or is it about being better? That's how you can definitely see. If you're about having more, you're probably only at about 10% of your capacity because you're being selfish. If you're about having better, you're probably at about 25%. That's better than 10%, but it's still a pretty low quality. If you're thinking and fo- focusing on doing more, that's about at a 30, 33% state, okay? Or doing better. Now we're getting out there, okay? 50%. Yeah, that's still only about half of what you're capable of. If you want to be more, that's because you're at about 75% of your capacity. If you're about being better, you are truly at 100% of your ability, mentally and emotionally and physically. So when you have the time and energy to say to yourself, I'm going to go ahead and Take care of myself so that i 'm not about having more or having better i I, I want to do more and I want to do better, but I want the source of what i 'm doing to be high quality that 's being more and being better because then I have become unselfish so when we 're looking at the important things about how to get yourself into that high quality state. There are some tools and resources that I teach my clients. A lot of, um, we'll say, challenges. Yes, challenges are going to present themselves. One of the first things I say is if you have the goal of getting yourself back to your true nature, one of the first ones I like is milestones and rewards. First thing, we need focus. Have you ever felt like you've just lost focus and you need something to to put your eyes, mentally, emotionally, your thoughts on to keep you on track? Well, it's important to have not only milestones as something that you can feel encouraged by, but the rewards once you reach that, that landmark in your life compensating yourself by confirming what you've done that is invaluable because that creates positive energy inside of you and most importantly again as you're embracing your organic nature people are going to see that and they're going to be inspired by that do you have questions about this you can go ahead if you're listening on a on a station one of our affiliates 888 627 6008. These are probably going to be some things that you're wondering in your personal case what you could do. Okay, so keeping back now to the milestones and rewards, what I say is the one to four ratio. It's important to have the, um, the destination, but having milestones along the way, it needs to be broken down into four smaller steps, landmarks. Okay, so if you have, let's say for example, you wanted to lose 10 pounds well two to three pounds each time you lose a few pounds then you can confirm that success by rewarding yourself because that will continue to motivate you to keep going but it's very important that you don't undermine the work that you've done by rewarding yourself with something that will undo the work that you've done okay now if you know that what if you want to lose 50 pounds well that's you know, 12, 13 pounds, then you need to break it down into smaller steps. And it's okay to say, I'm going to make this a very long term goal because I'm not going to set it so far away that I literally can't see it with my mind's eye. And my heart is not, not vested in it because I don't really believe I can do it. Make sure you set up something that sets you up for success. Yeah, this one is actually my favorite one a support system. One of the other tools that I really love to tell people about is just thinking about your true nature. There's a diversity, 16 different personality types in the human population. How many people do you know? You know what? Let's just do that. Let's take an inventory. How many people do you personally know that that would be a sensory perceiver or a, an intuitive thinker? They have a lot of talents and abilities that if you went to them and said, this is the kind of help that I need, would you help me? They would absolutely love it because you would be telling them, first of all, that you're vulnerable and you're fine asking for help, reaching out for that. But most importantly, you appreciate them and they, who they are, is going to make your life better. Wow. That's a very beautiful gift to give someone because that affirmation and that confirmation is a form of support to them. So let me just give you really quickly a once over physical support, the the doing things, getting things done, go to a sensory perceiver. They are the just do it people. And not only are they willing to take action, but their energy is contagious and being around them while you're doing things, you will get it done and you'll want to get it done just because that good momentum and the physical synergy that you create with them is power. Okay. Now, if you need some emotional support, you don't, you don't want to solve any problem. You don't really want to get anything done. You just need a shot in the arm emotionally. Go to an NF and they'll say, whatever you need, I will give you. No questions asked without any expectation of anything in return. If you just want to talk, if you want to hug, I'll be that person for you. And I, I kid you not, they have an endless supply of that resource of affection and unconditional acceptance. An intuitive feeler, yeah, that's the emotional person to go to. Now when you have mental support you need you know there's something going on in your mind and you're getting lost in your own thoughts and you just want to know what would be the right thing to do it would be logical i but i think there's some confusion i don't know i'm i got i got nothing an intuitive thinker they give you mental support because they can challenge your mind and they don't get emotionally invested in what they're talking about their objectivity and their creativity and problem solving is amazing. They literally come up with E equals MC squared while they're cooking macaroni and cheese. They are the kind of people that if you say to them, I want to talk for two hours, they can talk for two hours about the same topic five different ways. And when you're done talking to them, you will see the world in a very different way. And then we have moral support. You just need someone to help keep you on track. That's a sensory judger. SJs are great about getting work done and making sure you get it done right. You know they may just need to give you a little kick in the pants. They might need to help remind you what the goal really is and the rules. And if there's something that you know what you need to to get yourself in in shape, get your rear in gear. They, you know they're they can be judgmental, but if they see that you're genuinely trying. They are also very approving and very supportive to keep you going until you get it done. They're not going to walk away halfway through. That fidelity and that loyalty is invaluable. And I liken them so to um, the human body. Sensory perceivers are like muscles. Intuitive feelers are like hearts. Intuitive thinkers are the brains. And sensory judgers are the bones. Which one of those is the most important, yeah, you know what they're all equally important because they're all so different, and what I tell people is, go ahead and take a an inventory, have those people in your life, yeah, you probably already do. you just don't know who is which of which have five of each, so in the event that you need one of those kinds of support and one of them isn't accessible or available at that time, you'll have a whole lot um of other ideas and other resources to go to in it in the times that you genuinely do need that kind of help okay so we're going to take another break again if you want to call in the number to the station is 888-627-6008 when we come back we'll talk about some more resources to help you create success in your life with the power of synergy i'm your host gabrielle cardona Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. Today we're talking about working with nature, cooperating with your true nature to create success with other people when you come together with them. We've talked about really what is your true nature, your personality, and what is a healthy amount of activity for you. Then we have some tools and resources for when you face challenges in your life, taking good quality care of yourself will restore your ability to be natural and that will create success. Now, the next tool, the resource that we're going to talk about is affirmations. Now, I grew up in the 80s. Affirmations were constantly being talked about and I was bombarded all the time with positive thoughts and positive thoughts and talk to yourself and positive thoughts. And it got kind of annoying, but (laughs) it definitely, there's some validity to it because one of the, the best things about the human mind is it absorbs everything. It doesn't know what's real and what's not. That's, you know, you can brainwash yourself into genuinely believing something, even if it's not true. So let's go ahead and use that resource that we have inside of us the affirmations. What do we do when we have to change a behavior and our body or our mind is resisting us? Even You know what? Sometimes even it's stopping a bad behavior and starting a good one. Well, you know what? Our brain has a mind of its own and our body is very rebellious. How are we supposed to get that change going on, even if it's a small change, when we really do feel that struggle and those impediments? Well, brainwash ourselves. That's important to state things in a very positive way and say them out loud. You really do need to make sure that when you're speaking to yourself, you hear your own voice and you say those positive things enough times to believe really what they are. Now, it's very important, again, that when you have a list, it does need to be a list of affirmations. You need to keep it at a one to three ratio. You need to say one thing that you already know for a fact to be true. One thing that, yeah, you know what? You genuinely believe that there's some truth to it, but sometimes you doubt when you're in a lower state of, of emotional or mental energy. Yeah, go ahead and put that on there just because the positive reinforcement would be good. And then one statement of what you want to be true. We would love it if it was true. Go ahead and shuffle the list around so that they're very randomly placed. You need to say the whole list until you believe all of them. That could take 30 minutes. And if you say them enough times again and again and again, the nice thing about that is it's going to make your brain do that to you when you're doing something else completely different activity, at a random time of the day, you will continue to believe those things simply because you're rewiring your brain. And now it's very important to add one thing, removing one thing every 21 days. So keep, again, the principle of creating a habit, 21 days, have that organization of those one to three things that you do believe, Yeah, one thing that you kind of pretty much believe, one thing that you do not believe at all but wish was true, if you keep yourself focused on that routine, but you need to say it at random times of the day, depending on if you're a P or a J, you may also need to have a schedule because having that routine will create the inclination and the desire to continue in that habit. It's a very positive habit. Okay then you know what you need to have checklists. It's really important to get yourself into the habit of doing things. Just like you can re um rewire your mind, you can reset your body when you have the focus of the checklist that you are going down and you're visually reminding yourself, you're holding it in your hand, yes, it is better to have a physical piece of paper than an electronic device simply because when you write something down and you know that you are doing it, you're not only thinking about it before, but you're thinking about it while you're doing it, and you're thinking about it when you're done because you do feel a sense of accomplishment and success for having done those things. Now, what I tell people is very important. Keep the list of eight things that you will do in a 24-hour day. Keep that one at a one-to-four ratio, something that you already do that you're very proud of, Something that you occasionally do, that you do well. Something that you rarely do, but you know, you should do it more often. And then one thing that you never do, that you want to turn into a habit. You need the three confirmations of things that are not too hard for you to do in order to create that one other activity. So it'll only be two, right, out of the eight that you will be doing on a daily basis in order to create a new habit. That habit may be restoring your behavior up to those proportions, those percentages of the dominant auxiliary, tertiary, and inferior function. But here's a great thing. You can change that list every three months. And that means you will not be bored with the mundane and the habitually routine. You can go ahead and change that list, shuffle it around with different activities because your life is going to change as you become more positive. And then you have the shot in the arm activity. You know what? There are just going to be times when you need a shot in the arm, (laughs) because there are a lot of things going on that are going to drain your energy. Keeping your energy positive and powerful, people will be very grateful when you say, trust me, I'm taking a time out to get myself into a very good state. When I come back, the ROI you are going to see will be absolutely worth the sacrifice you made with my absence. Okay, so the rules that I say for shot in the arm for energy is you need to be at least 30% better than what you were when you took that time out. So you give yourself a shot in the arm. And again, when we're talking about the quality of your state, are you in this state in this moment right now about having more, having better or doing more or doing better? Are you about being more or being better? Then you can say to yourself, I need to do something in my life that will move me up to a higher quality spirit, state of mind and body and heart. Most important thing, anything that you're going to need to use in these activities, have them accessible. (laughs) Please have whatever you're going to need for whatever the activity is. For me, it's my music. I need to have my, my playlist. Sometimes I need to do Sudoku. I need a pen with my Sudoku book. If I do not have the pen, I'm going to be even worse than I was before I stopped to give myself a shot in the arm. And the last rule is don't do it more than twice daily because then you're going to get addicted to your shot in the arm. So it has to be good for you in the improvement. It needs to have everything that you need accessible to you and don't abuse this resource. But don't hesitate to use it if you know for a fact that you are in a low, quality state. And then finally, when we're talking about negative emotions, I actually left a little bit of extra time for this because, yeah, you know what? We get really confusing mixed messages from people in the world about what are negative emotions? Are they a bad thing? Well, let's ask it in this this way. Are you detached or disconnected? Well, what are are different negative emotions that we can have? Well, the three most unpopular negative emotions are anxiety and fear and anger because people don't like any of those things. They create very bad feelings inside of us. When we have those negativity kind of sensations and we got a lot of hormones being released into our blood, we got very destructive thoughts. Taking the time out for ourselves to say, I'm going to reconnect with myself. I'm not going to be detached from the people around me and the situations around me as a survival technique. And I'm not going to be disconnected from my own thoughts and feelings because then I'm not going to get anything constructive done. I'm going to figure out, first of all, is it the cause or the source or the effect? So let's start out with anxiety. Anxiety is just our body's way of saying, something could possibly go wrong here. I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up by creating all kinds of thoughts and feelings, sensations inside of you to make you do something before something goes wrong. That's a very good thing. We have a gift when we have anxiety. We just need to say, okay, let's go ahead and take care of all of the effects of anxiety taking care of ourselves, getting ourselves into a good state so that we can then come back and say, okay, now this is a situation, what caused my anxiety? Who and what in my life in this situation is creating negativity, potentially very destructive things to me or the people around? How many times in your life are you just not really willing to accept that anxiety has a good cause, a good purpose, a good use in your life because it is so unpleasant. The next one it's a little more intense, and that's fear. That's our body's way of telling us something could go very wrong. Yeah, you know what? Actually, it's in the process of going wrong, and it's potentially very destructive to us. It could be life-threatening emotionally or physically or mentally that's a pretty, pretty powerful. So what we're going to have biochemically with fear is going to be more intense than what we have with anxiety. Are you afraid of your own fear? Wow. You know what? That, that kind of makes it more complicated. If you understand that when you feel those very negative feelings about whatever is going on around you, you will be able to take a different look from a different angle and say, okay, it's good that I'm feeling very, very bad because now I know that there's something that I need to deal with. If you have that good, healthy, quality state, you will be more confident to not only address whatever is creating fear inside of you, but you will make sure you do something successful about it. And when you do, that positive, again, effect emotionally that is created when you've been successful, other people will see that and it will be motivational and inspirational to them because they can see that you've overcome a challenge, what they might see as an impediment, being successful and coming through with positive energy in the end. Okay, well, this is the one that people really... I think as I was growing up, loved to talk about for no good reason. And that was anger. Everybody seemed angry all the time. And it was very popular just to complain about things. Anger is a good emotion only when we appreciate that it's our body's way of telling us something has gone wrong. We didn't take care of it beforehand. We didn't really know how to effectively deal with it while it was happening. Okay, you know what? We need to fix this. We need to... Rectify the situation. So we have hormones like cortisol and adrenaline that give us the energy and the power, the physical strength to do work to take care of the situation. People don't always like how anger makes them feel. It's a very, very powerful physical experience. But again, taking care of yourself enough to say, hmm, I think I might need to do one of these tools or resources activities. (laughs) to get myself through all of the effects of that anger in order to then say, what really is the problem? What is the issue? Because sometimes what triggered the effects aren't really the source of the problem. And if you understand that and the people around you understand that, they'll be very grateful for your willingness to look at those elements and those, um, (laughs) I'm thinking in Spanish now, give me a second. (laughs) Those factors, those different factors that when they combine, they can complicate the way something looks and the way it sounds and the way that it feels. If you can say to yourself, I'm going to appreciate that my anger is very intense (laughs) because I now need to do something. I'm going to do something about it. You will behave yourself and that will create good synergy with people because this is the secret and I left it for the very end, laughter. If you have an understanding that those negative elements of cortisol and adrenaline can be neutralized with things like dopamine and serotonin, endorphins, that's what laughter creates inside of us. You being in a high quality state, getting yourself to a place where you can genuinely relax enough to feel those good feelings, other people will pick up on that energy. And you can say to them, I'm going to be positive. This is a negative situation, but I, as a gift to you, Embracing my nature. I'm going to do something that my personality would feel very positive doing. People will say, That's not only the most wonderful thing that I've seen today, I want to be like that. Teach me how to be like that. And that's when we come together, creating synergy with positive energy, doing wonderful things together as people. As I've coached people over the years, I understand that we're going to have challenges, not only in our personal life, but in our relationships. But keep in mind, people want to be happy. Good will conquer evil. And the best thing you can do is set the example, giving them the gift of willingness to do it first before you ask them to do it. And putting in the time and energy, you are committed to really following through. They will definitely trust you more and trust is another great element of synergy and powerful relationships. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona.